So I was uh, looking up news articles for the podcast today, and I found out that apparently EA is going to be delaying their uh, Tiger Woods game for this year. Why are they delaying their Tiger Woods game for this year, Justin? Well, it turns out uh, Tiger's wife is demanding they remove the cheats. It's the Game Nuts Podcast. Gaming news and opinions from the week of March 21st brought to you a full week late as the first part of a Game Nuts Podcast doubleheader. Boater and Fear the Claw take the mic on Small Talk with Modern Warfare 2 Double Experience Weekend and Perfect Dark on XBLA. Then move, <laughs> move, get it, uh, to talking about the PlayStation Move, Nintendo's comments on it, and various reservations about the newly announced technology. Boater posits on the possibilities of Commodore coming back to the market and the effects of day one DLC on used game sales. They finish with a discussion about the rumor and feasibility of the Xbox 360 Slim idea, and Boater talks about some hard-to-find systems available at the Canastota location. So kick back and enjoy episode 34 of the Game Nuts Podcast. And if you're interested in buying either system, please give us a ring at the store at area code 315-875-5151. Hello there, and welcome again to the Game Nuts Podcast, episode something-something. The announcer guy will tell you what episode it was. Yeah, actually, um, we're, we're, I think we're up to 33 or 34, 34 now. I, want to I was, yeah, I was looking up the podcast okay. on my computer and couldn't believe we've gotten that far. I know, and, and not- nobody sued us yet. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had hosts come and go already. <laughs> Yeah. So we should point that a little closer to us and not so much to the ceiling. Well, see, the thing is, I'm up here and you're not. And you're loud. Yeah. He was okay. talking about the microphone. So, uh... Well, I figure it's better to record our voices than our voices bouncing off the room. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I have three news items to talk about. How many you got? Um, three dozen. Uh, okay. Actually, how many that you really want to hit? <laughs> uh... I'd say I could narrow this down to three. Okay. Well, I'll start out then. Um, Let's see. I found this one through Kotaku, and uh, they are going to be making a new Wipeout game. Um, However... Not uh, the futuristic racing game. Yes. uh, It was Kotaku's idea to do it as a fake-out sort of thing. Wipeout is actually going to be based on, I think, what was an ABC television series that was basically... Do you remember Wild and Crazy Kids on Nickelodeon way back in the day? Don't say way back in the day. <laughs> it was way back in the day. Shut up. Yes, I remember. It's it's basically like that, except extended, extended over a whole season. You get I'm, the contestants I'm... all together at the start of the season, and they're going through all these different challenges, and they get eliminated, as is the style of 21st century TV. Yeah. Eliminated after <laughs> each episode. Um, and I wouldn't be interested in it at all, if, even if I hadn't even heard of it, except that I know one of the uh, contestants personally. So Heaven forbid we have a television show that keeps the same people throughout the season. Um, yeah, they don't make too many dramatic TV shows anymore. That's basically what you find. Well, not not even dramatic. Well, if it's going to be a competition, that's honestly the easiest way to do it, is have elimination so that you have less to pick from when it comes to the end. The thing is, everything... Most, no, it's just most assigned TV shows points. Wild and Crazy Kids did it. They assigned, they assigned points for winning and losing and, you know, yeah, but, oh, well, I failed at this challenge, but you know what? I'm going to do awesome on the next challenge. Now it's, it's oh, I failed at this challenge. Now I'm going to go home and cry to my wife and kids. <laughs> Actually, no, they usually get put up in a hotel so they can't talk to anybody until the show's done. Yeah, um, but losing train of thought. Well, I mean, if, if it goes by points, then uh, 
Uh, you can, someone can know by the end of the season, so there's no way I'm winning this and just not try. So it's, it's... Anyway, so we're not talking PB. We're talking about a game that I would be somewhat yes. interested in if it wasn't going to be published by Activision. And since uh, I sort yeah. of have the personal thing against Activision right now, um, I'm probably not going to get it. But hopefully the Balloon Pirate uh, does. That's the testament I know. Well, uh, speaking of Activision, uh, apparently uh, Modern Warfare 2 is going to be having a uh, double experience points weekend uh, starting on April 2nd. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, what that means to me is you play the game online during that weekend, you get double your experience points, which means all of the uh, hardcore Call of Duty gamers are going to be on there boosting their levels even higher and pushing out the people like me who, granted, has never played Call of Duty, but now no, no longer has a reason to play Call of Duty because everybody else is already better than me and has stuff that I, that I will never get. I don't, I'm not a Call of Duty fan, so maybe I don't get it, but I, I don't like the idea of experience on a shooter like that. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you have, like, ranked matches and unranked matches, yeah. where, you know, if you don't want to do the experience points and do all that, you can go into a room where everybody's just playing for the heck of it. Yeah, and if you want to get experience points, I like what Halo does with that. The experience points basically just give you bragging rights, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's not going to get you... I mean, Well, I and, it, and it helps... Well, it... Theoretically helps with matchmaking, although it doesn't matter when I'm playing a match on Halo 3, I always end up getting matched up. I'm probably, I, I'm definitely in the single digits because I don't play it very often. Yes, and I inevitably, I inevitably end up getting matched up with somebody who's level 15, who's like 10 levels above everybody else in the room and just massacres. So, and you got on your team. I don't play teams, I play Rumble Pit. Fair enough. Because then I don't have to worry about bringing the team down. If I suck, it's my own problem. Uh, let's see here. Uh, speaking of first-person shooters, just oh man, really, speaking of speaking of, just just really quickly, um, I grabbed Perfect Dark for XBLA day one. How like is? I said, I would. How is? Oh, it is it, it is beautiful. I don't think you know playing it feels exactly like playing the N sixty four game, but it looks so much better. That like it basically takes. Here's the it, engine. It, let's prettify it. Yeah, I mean, really, and it wasn't even so much adding high resolution textures, which they did. Like there are more polygons in the characters. Their yeah, faces. The character you can yeah, you can make out the shape of their lips and their fingers, which <gasps> used to be all blocky in the N64 game. I mean, it's to the point where if I were to boot up the N64 game now and look at it and go, oh god, how can I play when, this? When did uh, Perfect Dark come out originally? Uh, 99, I believe. Okay, so now it looks like a 2001 game? 2001, 2002? Which, okay, think about how graphics improved, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and, and I mean, considering it is... It looks a like down... a previous generation game, not two generations ago. Yeah, and and... and... I can appreciate that, because you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You want to keep that classic feel. Oh, I mean, that's definitely. why people play it. Definitely. And just make it... They found there's a nice line to walk where it looks better and it looks current, but it But you're not going to get so many people saying, they changed it. Yeah, but, yeah and, but it still looks like itself. It looks like nostalgia feels. Yeah. And it's just great to be playing through it again. Without playing as much. <laughs> yeah. Online is uh, frustrating because, as usual, I'm not the best player, so I'm constantly getting pwned. But, yes, I pronounce the P. Yes, as do I, if I ever put the 
be in there in the first place. Let's see here. Um, you watch where you're putting your pee. Uh, I was looking at upcoming games for this week, and uh, one of them is MotoGP 09 slash 10. I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's, that looks odd. And I look at it, and I look at the MotoGP series, I look it up on uh, Wikipedia, and there actually hasn't been one since 08. Now, I don't think this is going to be standard, but I actually like the idea of a game, when they're putting years on it, they'll come out, like, every other year. Um, because, you know, there's really not a whole lot of improvement in most games like this year to year. And, yeah, I've said this about uh, sports titles. Uh, what would really behoove you know, companies like uh, EA and stuff like that is, uh, you know, release when a new platform comes out. Like, say, you know, PlayStation 4 comes out tomorrow. Release... Really? Uh, release your Madden games right there. And then for the next two or three years, do roster updates and incremental patches. Because that's all they ever do with the annual updates anyway. Yeah, was... And have them pay, you know, have it be like $10, $20 to upgrade your version. Yeah, I And mean, then it's... in three years, make a new game. Yeah, it's, I mean, that can go both ways, especially with Madden. I mean, that's such a cash cow. You know how much yeah. Madden sells. I mean, actually, I don't know if you've, well, you, you worked at uh, GameStop for a while. Did you work during a Madden release? God, no. Thank God. I, I only it worked there in the holidays. Madden was, there's a lot of people where like Madden is the only thing that they'll play, and they will get it year after year. So, I mean, as a gamer who thinks about the art of the game, the sustainability of a game, I like the idea of them coming out every other year. But as someone who is like, well, these businesses got to make money, it's, it's a cash cop for them every single year. Um, maybe uh, some sports like uh, hockey and soccer, uh, but then at the same time, it's like, now the people who are hockey fans feel left out. Well, and I mean the the other side of that is which co I mean, what is the profit margin on a game disc as compared to a download game? I mean, if they're making a twenty dollar profit, may as well just anyway may as well just cut out the production costs and the time and effort it takes to put this stuff on a physical disc, put it in a box, create art, and mm -hmm. ship it. And just say, here, throw it online, download it for 20 bucks, yeah. your, you know, your game is now up to date for the next season. Yeah. Interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, go ahead. Um, well, uh, we were talking last week about the PlayStation Move, and, you know, all the great features of it, and of course, I think we've both shown a little skepticism about, you know, the other consoles getting into motion controls. I well, still sometimes show skepticism about the Nintendo with motion controls, so, you know, I'm an equal opportunity skeptic. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of Nintendo, Reggie fils uh Nintendo spokesman, um, also expressed his concern about the PlayStation Move. Um, okay. Well, I, I, I don't know what what you pulled from that, but... No, it's... Oh, of course he's concerned. It's basically better than the Wii Remote in almost every fashion. <laughs> ah, but... And this has been my point, and I will... I will quote what what uh, he said. Um, what's going to... What's going to motivate them to spend minimally $300 for a new system plus minimally $100 for the new... for the Move Motion Bundle? So, now um, I'm into considering this... Considering when a PS3 originally came out, the price was like 900 bucks. I don't think 400 is a bad thing Right, but the people who wanted the PS3 for what the PS3 does bought the PS3 for 600 bucks. The people who wanted 
motion controls spend $250 on a Wii. But the people who want games, good games other than Nintendo first party games, will probably spend the extra and get a PS3. Right, but we still have no evidence that good games are going to come out for the PlayStation this, Move this or is the Nintendo. Uh, but, uh, I, I think that his concerns are basically just him being like, Nintendo's got to say something about this. So well, I don't think they're really valid concerns right now. Well, my, my he, but he kind of shares my opinion on it as, Nintendo did it, they've got it, it's in the box, you don't have to buy anything extra, and there are good games out there for it, there are also crap games for it, but I don't see, yes, you know, Microsoft and Sony, go ahead, try to get into it, but... That's not what your systems are there for. Your systems are there for what they do best. Well, I, and I'm, if you try and push in on a market that it's the same thing with if, the portable. If motion control was the primary control for the, what they were trying to switch to being the primary control, I might agree with you. But it's a secondary thing, and I have no problem. As a secondary thing, what's the point in getting it if it's only secondary? Well, it's there. Obviously, it's not going to be a huge push to try to get one of these into every single PS3 owner. I mean, obviously, that's what the marketing will say because they want to sell as many as they. Can. But not every PS3 owner is going to want one of these. Not every PS3 buyer is going to want one of and these. And if not every PS3 owner wants one and not every PS3 buys one, then not every developer is going to make games for it and it's going to die just like every other peripheral. I disagree with you. Nintendo fan one. No, I disagree. No, Nintendo's good evidence of if you push out an accessory and don't make it a major part of your system... It's gonna die. Nintendo's had several peripherals die. I mean, right now we're looking. Thank you. Right now we're looking at the Wii Motion Plus, and even Reggie's saying, you know, we don't push controls on companies. They don't have to use the Wii Motion Plus if they don't want to. Well, if they don't have to, if they don't want to, then you're gonna have a lot of Wii Motion Pluses sitting on a shelf because no one's gonna need one. I think the move is gonna be more successful than Nintendo wants it to be. I think Natal, I'm a little bit more uh, interested in Natal just because it's something different it, and uh, you know the implementation of it is a little bit more unique. This is basically just take the Wii Remote, um, put it on steroids, re-release it. But, well, we'll, I mean, see, I, we'll, we'll see if it can... If it's good, I'll get it. If yeah. there are games that I want for it, I'll get it. I mean, if Mad World 2 comes out for the PlayStation 3... I'll certainly give it a try, but I can't justify spending $100 on an accessory that isn't going to be a major part of my gameplay, especially when I have another system that already does the same thing. Uh, did you see the uh, uh, commercial now that PlayStation 3 came out with uh, for the move? Like, you know, they... Uh, they have a commercial? Yeah. Wow, a month ago they weren't even... They well, barely you know, you know the character that they use that's, uh, you know, the vice president of whatever, basically whatever yeah. random executive that it needs to be going around. He basically goes around and digs on the Wii Remote saying, oh yeah, you know, the motion's more accurate. It's like, in boxing, you actually swing your arms, you don't have to just sit there and like, pew, pew, with like flailing his wrist. And then he uh, says, and then there's another competitor where there's not even buttons. I don't know, we think people would like buttons with their shooters instead of just pointing their hand and going, bang, what is this, third grade? It's it's an interesting commercial, but I think that the quality slipped a bit. <laughs> like, it's that, that sort of commercial works best when it's fast-paced and was like 30 seconds. That's like a minute and a half. 
Yeah, see, and that's you actually brought up one of my problems with the PlayStation Move is no buttons. There's I, buttons on it. There are buttons on it. Yes, I don't remember seeing buttons. There's uh, on the main on Move A. There's a central button and then the four, you know, uh, circle, triangle, square, X. Those buttons are on there. And then on the left side, I'm pretty sure that there's uh, an analog stick and a couple more buttons. There's less buttons than on the Wii Remote, but there are buttons. Hmm. Okay. Well, I haven't seen... I've seen pictures of it, and apparently the buttons have always been covered up. Okay, uh, you don't have to move me wrong. But I like doing it. It's so much fun. Um, let's see here. Uh, right there. Buttons. Okay. So, okay. Um, the other thing that I had was that, uh, a company called uh, Commodore USA uh, is, well, okay, I'll pull the quote from Kotaku just to uh, talk about it afterwards. Um, a new company, Commodore USA, is currently digging through the rights to the hardware of the old uh, Commodore system. Uh, and once acquired, they tend to release new models. Like, they would actually be brand new Commodore computer and a keyboard sort of thing. Uh, it, it's not just like, oh look, we're really, we released a classic system. I had a Commodore when I was younger, and uh, it would definitely be a bit of nostalgia for me, but it would actually be cool to have another computer manufacturer on the market. So, let, let me just see, I'm, I'm a little confused by the wording of this. So, what you are saying is they're going to create a modern platform with modern technology that is designed like the Commodore 64 was with just monitor everything built in keyboard yeah and does only what it was designed to do pretty much it's huh. it's it's, it's going to be concept. you know a consumer level keyboard certainly it's interesting because the Commodore 64 sort of turned into a gaming machine but i think in the present day of heavily customizable machines um, unless they make a, a standard for the Commodore where it's easy to you know open up a keyboard and drop in ram and whatever yeah. i think that it's going to be more of a consumer sort of thing sort of like a uh, keyboard uh, not a keyboard. Sort of like a, a, a laptop, a low-end laptop, where you know you bring it around with you and you do like word processing and web browsing on it. I think it would be something like that, a, a small computer for for home, huh. competing yeah. with like the lower-end Dell market or whatever. I could I could see that working, especially if they put the technology in it to run, you know, like popular games and stuff like uh -huh. that. Because that's really what, like you said, that's really what the that's what the Commodore 64 was known for was you know its video games. So if you could have something now, di now didn't the Commodore 64 have a version that plugged directly into the TV? It may have. I honestly forget I, uh, I, everything I, about my Commodore except that I had a Commodore. <laughs> I, I seem to remember a scene in uh, National Lampoon's Vacation where uh, they had it plugged into the TV. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Ring ring. No, sorry. Oh, ring. That um, was. That'll be easy to edit out. <laughs> uh, one of the things that they mentioned, whichever it turns out to be... DON'T! Same thing. Uh, I'm gonna keep talking next time it rings. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna take the phone off the hook until... until Same, noon. Uh, whichever it turns out to be, it'll be good seeing that Chompy C logo again. And I'm thinking, you know what? With... Nowadays, they would just end up modernizing it and completely making it look like food. You know, all, all the logos that have changed. I'm looking at you, Pepsi. Well, um, let's talk about somebody else we hate. GameStop. Oh, okay. I, I, I had a guess. <laughs> no, another company we hate, I suppose, would have been a better... Anyway, 
Um, well, first of all, here's something that directly affects us. Um, GameStop is saying that uh, we're not likely to see uh, PlayStation 3s and Wii's being uh, heavily stocked until probably summer. So they're still playing catch-up on that. They said Nintendo is more likely to catch up than Because they used to play in this uh, catch-up game, where yes. Sony hasn't had to do it in a few years. And their consoles are cheaper to make, so you know, they can manufacture them faster in greater numbers. Well, there may also be more manufacturing lines in the PS3, which might even it out. So. Right. Well, um, so that's bad news for anybody who doesn't already have a Wii DS or PlayStation 3. Mm -hmm. um, on the upside, you can get a Jasper at 360, you know, that don't have to worry about a red ring of death. It's a lot quieter and plays some of the best games that have come out in the past few years. Yeah. But, you know, as an owner of all three consoles right now, uh, it's kind of sad that I can't recommend certain games to people because they don't have the system. Uh, also, um, we were talking about this uh, early, earlier this week when somebody traded in Mass Effect 2 uh, with the subscription yeah, card. There's a subscription card in it, but I believe it had been used. There's actually no way to look that up online. I've had looking. Okay. Well, and it was the idea that if you buy certain games new you get free DLC, you know, like $10, $15 worth of DLC for free, and that's one of, you know, publishers' big things to get people to buy new rather than used. Yeah. So um, what did we end up doing? We lowered the price on our used game to lower competition. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, GameStop is saying that that hasn't affected sales any. Uh, people still buy the used games a lot. They don't really care about missing out on these minor um, additions to the game as long as they get the full game experience, um, which makes some sense. Uh, certainly a self-serving comment, but uh, you know it, it makes me a little sad because I know that there's at least I know with Mass Effect 2 that there's a lot of stuff that is in uh, you know the Cerberus pack and a lot of stuff that is still coming out for it and it makes me a little sad that they're charging the same price as they would for any of their other games. Well, yeah, and it, it's... but people are still buying it, you know, and as I've always said, if people are still willing to pay that amount of money, you may as well keep selling it for that amount of money. Yeah. Um, we're not quite that cold-hearted. We... We lowered, it, we lowered it a whole five bucks, so if you get it used, and then you, uh, you know, it's, it's 15 bucks below uh, the new price um, instead of GameStop. I think it's doing 10 now, they used to be five. But yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, but basically, you know, GameStop's stepping up and saying, hey, you publishers are trying to get people to buy your games new, this platform that you've tried isn't really working that well, and they're trying to give suggestions. Here's the suggestion that they give. Uh, the uh, head of GameStop, Dan... Demateo, De Demateo, okay, Demone. Be, be, De De I, I need to point out something. GameStop makes all, almost all their money off of used games. Is trying to suggest a way to developers that they might sell new games instead. I had reservations about the forthcoming advice. Publishers, quote, publishers can participate in our used business <laughs> by offering add-on content for the most popular used titles creating a win-win situation for publishers, retailers, and consumers. Yeah, that's called DLC. They do that already. Yeah. 
But yeah, basically what GameStop is saying, hey, you know, people don't care about this free DLC in your new games, they're still buying them used, so why don't you offer the free DLC for used games as well, and that makes the consumers happy, and that makes us happy, and that makes you happy, but it Except, doesn't really it make doesn't you happy because you're not making any money off of it. Or oh, if you do the money DLC, well, that's being done already. Yes, you're making money off of DLC. Yes. If someone buys it used, you can still yeah, sell that. And, so. and that's, you know, the thing for me, I, I haven't bought it yet, but, you know, I was thinking about getting Left for Dead. And they had the Game of the Year edition, which had, you know, the survival pack and all that. And I'm like, well, can, should I get this or should I just get it used? And it turns out the survival pack was, you know, available for free online anyway. And there's another pack that's only, I think, like $10. So I can still buy it used and get the DLC for less than the cost of buying it new with the DLC in it. You got anything so, else, or shall we plug the story a little bit? Uh, oh, just real quick, because this is only a rumor, but there have been images rumor leaked. Time. Yes. There have been uh, images leaked of a supposed Xbox 360 Slim. Uh, probably someone's good Photoshop work. Well, uh, experts at Engadget have looked at the pictures and said they look very convincing. It's either a, it, they're either legitimate or somebody is really good at manufacturing the fakes. Um, I. And known to be a skeptic on this sort of thing, I was skeptical about the PS3 Slim and the price drop, and I was wrong on both counts, but I'm going to remain a skeptic on a 360 Slim. Well, I... Especially considering their hardware, unless they completely, completely retool the motherboard and everything they go into here, which is a possibility. Yeah, that's pretty much what they... It would raise the price, I think. I don't think so. I mean, here's the thing. You've already... You're... I'd imagine... Well... With all the warranty uh, repairs and all that, maybe not. I was going to say, I would imagine that Xbox is now making a profit on their consoles, or at least not losing very much. They're selling enough games to I think on their anyway. current ones, they're making a profit now. Okay. So, at this point, you can afford to, when you're a very close number two in console sales, you know you have a devoted fan base, you know you've got hundreds of games out there that you can sell for it, um, you can afford to take a little bit of a loss... On, um, yeah, it's it's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they. I think it's also a consumer confidence thing. Knowing that they, you know, perfected well, well, got got it really good with the uh, Jasper, uh, Jasper board. I would be really hesitant on another hardware revision, especially if it would be the sort of start from scratch that I think would be needed for the Slim. If they don't do a start from scratch, then it's more likely to overheat because it's all the same stuff inside of a smaller case. Right. Well, I mean. On the flip side of that, uh, Jasper was just a little bit of retooling to fix a huge problem. Whereas if they completely redesign the motherboard from scratch, they and can And then they have fix... another new problem, because yeah. keep in mind the 360 motherboard original was retooled from scratch from the original Xbox motherboard and had a lot of problems. And likely this one will have less of a testing period than the original 360 did. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a pretty prominent rumor, so we'll see where it goes, but I thought it was fascinating because, uh, you know, there never was an Xbox Slim, yeah. uh, even though there were rumors of it, and, I mean, the PS2 had a slimmer model come out, um, 
GameCube was already pretty small to begin with. I, I think the idea of releasing a second smaller console is pretty much Sony, and I think that they're going to leave that with Sony. Uh, I think if the 360 goes with a 360 Slim or a 360 Lite or a 180 or a Diet 360. <laughs> that would be a great name for the 360 Slim, the Xbox 180. Uh, I, I think that uh, or, or they would just get accused of trying to do what Sony's doing. They could take the uh, Kingdom Hearts method, the Xbox 360 over 2. Alright, let's talk about the story a little bit. We usually don't, but uh, we got a couple cool things here that I, I want to uh, show off really quick. Pretty much if you're a collector, you're going to be interested in these. Um, the first is a Magnavox manufactured CDI. This came in last week. Yes. And both of us had no idea what to do with it. We're like, I, I guess we'll take it. Uh, we got a few games for it. It's priced at... Like, Quite a few, actually, considering. Yeah, I want to say we got like 10 different games. 10, 12. Uh, and a Pete Townsend concert CD, video CD. Yeah, it's really neat. And for those of you who don't know, the uh, CDI is the system... Uh, oh, you've got to be kidding. Well, it's not the same name. Listen to the entire message, then leave a message. Otherwise, hang up on the answering machine. They wanted up. to know when we open. Twelve o'clock. Okay, so call back. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, um, the PlayStation was originally meant to be the Super NES PlayStation, a CD-ROM add-on for the Super NES, uh, akin to the Sega CD. Um, and when the Sega CD failed, Nintendo said, "You know what? We don't want this add-on on our." Super Nintendo, not to mention Sony, put a pretty shady clause in the contract that basically gave them ownership of any game that came out on the system, including Nintendo's own franchises. Um, so Nintendo broke away with them and signed with Philips, who also is partnered with Magnavox, same yep. company, uh, and they made the, the CDI. CDI. They, made, they made it Philips manufactured with their name on it, made uh, probably like eight different versions of the CDI. Magnavox's name only had one, but it's a pretty good one. Also has the digital video. Uh, yeah, so if you've got a bunch of VCDs laying around the house. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's got some pretty neat games. A lot of the classic FMV games like uh, Space Ace and Dragon's Lair and all those came Mad out Dog for McCree. it. Mad Dog McCree, that was a classic. Um, and of course, if you can get your and of course, if you can get your hands on them, uh, Nintendo had a few of their franchises released: Hotel Mario and the and three different Legend of Zelda games. Yes, which are which 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 we don't have. Yes, I, I was very sad that they didn't come in with it. But I will say that is the most relaxing version of Tetris I've ever played. It can put a baby to sleep. <laughs> it's like soothing orchestral music with a uh, like nature background. I'm gonna have to check that out. Uh, the other thing we have is an Atari Lynx, the second revision of the hardware. So it's a, a tad smaller, a tad sleeker. By smaller, I mean smaller. It is big. 
It's bigger than a Game Gear. Um, it came out right around the same time that Game Boy did, however, because it was at least twice as expensive, had a colored screen, and uh, was backlit, it didn't sell as well because it was more expensive. It was better and more expensive. Yeah, that was kind of very broken logic. Yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> basic, basically breaking them. But um, that is, um, I think we have it put at the same price, forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and we have a few games for that, too. Uh, and I was just amazed when I look at it, I'm like, wait, this can flip? Like, you know, D-pad on the left, buttons on the right. I can push a couple buttons and all of a sudden turn it around. If I really wanted, I could have the D-pad on the right, buttons on the left, and the screen would flip for me. I'm like, this is amazing. Why does nobody yeah. do this? Oh, wait, because nobody cares. Yeah. I, I think most people have gotten used to having D-pad or joystick on the left, buttons on the right, to yes. the point where, you know, Thank like, you, I'm... Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes. I, I mean, I'm right-handed, and... I have the Wii Zapper, and I cannot use the joystick with my right hand. I have yeah. to either do it lefty style, or have them... Don't even. I didn't say anything. <sighs> I think it's time to wrap up. I think it's time to wrap up. So yeah, if you're a collector, you're at all interested in those, go ahead and uh, leave us a comment uh, at gamenotespodcast.blogspot.com, or drop us an email, which I try to check at least once a week, gamenotespodcast.gmail.com. Oh. Okay, yeah, I, I completely forgot to mention this. This is one of my big stories. Uh, Valve's uh, Steam, uh, what, what would you call Steam? Platform. Platform, thank you, that's the word I was going to We got two for. minutes until we open. <laughs> okay, it's not a big Steam's story coming out on Mac OS X. So oh, okay. For, for those of us Mac users who really want to play some of the great stuff on Steam, it's coming to us soon. So long we as don't the game itself is also made for right. uh, And a lot of games, I think, now are becoming cross-platform. To some extent. A more will now that you know Steam's going to be cross-platform. I thought you didn't like computer gaming. Hey, there are certain games that I've heard about on Steam that I'd really like to try out. So, and If I have I to, I'll install Windows. <laughs> I'll take that out since I took out your FFPC uh, So, whatever. <laughs> so. Alright, so, yes, that was the contact info back about a minute or so. Um, if you have any comments, feel free to drop us a line. Uh, otherwise, this is Boater saying have a good weekend. And through the claw saying good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Actually, it won't be a good weekend because I'm going to be gone all weekend. I won't be able to edit this until Wednesday. Have a good week! I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be working too.